Hello and welcome to the Master of Demon Gorge podcast. Today we're talking about the improbable life of Ni Kuang. I heard, asked the journalist, that you once compared the Chinese Communist Party to prostitutes. Oh no, replied the famous novelist, seemingly shocked and hurt that anyone would believe such a tall tale about him. I never said that. You didn't, the journalist followed up. Anyone who knows me, said the famous novelist, knows how much respect I have for sex workers. I would never insult them with such a comparison. Now, we try to steer clear of politics on this podcast, as best as we can anyway. But I recently heard that story about the famous Hong Kong author, Ni Kuang, who passed away in early July. And it simply sounded like too much fun for me not to relate to you. Whatever your political perspective, I think the story is telling about our subject for today and an excellent encapsulation of the man's irreverent attitude. Ni Kuang was born in 1935 in Shanghai. His family originally came from the city of Ningbo in the province of Zhejiang, which is pretty much next door to Shanghai. He was in China at the time of the 1949 Communist Revolution and the establishment of the People's Republic of China. As a teenager, Ni Kuang fervently believed in the Communist Party and the People's Republic. In 1951, at only 16, he left school to join the People's Liberation Army, becoming a low-level officer. In the next few years, he participated in a number of engineering projects done by the army, dredging rivers and digging canals and such. In 1955, he volunteered for a transfer to Inner Mongolia. I say transfer, but as a part of this responsibility, he had to escort a group of prisoners sentenced to hard labor to travel to the area. Prisoners, perhaps political prisoners. And while in Inner Mongolia, Nikuang began to doubt the notions of utopian equality that, nominally at least, should have been the communist creed. He saw plenty of examples of unfairness and abuses of power and privilege within the army. In the winter of 1955-56, and you must understand that winters in Inner Mongolia can be brutal, Nikuang demolished a small wooden bridge for the sake of firewood. His superior wrote him up for disrupting transportation 
which was allegedly a counter-revolutionary activity, a serious charge. Additionally, a dog he had adopted managed to bite another one of his superiors. For these crimes, he was detained. In May 1956, while still detained, Nikuang decided, screw it. With the assistance of a Mongolian friend, he broke out of the house where they held him and rode on horseback to a train station. From there, he took a train to the northeastern city of Dalian. From there, he got on a ship to Shanghai. In Shanghai, his hometown, he sought his older brother's help, but to no avail. So he continued southward. After a harrowing three-month journey, during which he sometimes ate rats to survive, he arrived in Guangzhou, the capital of the southern province of Guangdong, which borders Hong Kong. Hong Kong at this time was, of course, still a British colony. In July 1957, Nikuang finally succeeded in smuggling himself across the border into Hong Kong. And there he began a new life. After working initially as a stevedore of sorts, in the fall of 1957, Nikuang entered the United College of Hong Kong as a journalism student. He began to write short stories and to submit them to newspapers for publication. After he managed to publish a story on October 27th of that year, he decided to make a living by his pen. Graduating from journalism school, he worked for a newspaper as a copy editor, then assistant editor, then reporter, and columnist. Now, a while back, we talked about another great Hong Kong writer, Jin Yong. And in that episode, we explained that it was commonplace in Hong Kong at this time for newspapers to carry serialized fiction. And much as Western newspapers at that time often won readers with their comic strips, in Hong Kong, people often bought newspapers just to read the day's installment of the novel that they got into. When a novelist who was serializing his work in Nikuang's newspaper began to fail to meet his daily deadlines, Nikuang volunteered to ghostwrite for him. And he wasn't half bad. So soon they let him serialize his own novels. And initially he wrote in the wuxia or martial arts fantasy genre as Jing Yong did, which was and still is a very popular genre in Hong Kong. And Jing Yong actually became a close friend of his. But after a while, Nikuang began to branch out, to move into other genres and often mixing them. Wuxia, yes, but often contemporary wuxia. In other words, novels set in the present day 
where characters just happen to be well trained in kung fu, and also crime fiction involving gangs and secret societies, and finally science fiction. At one point, he simultaneously serialized fiction in twelve. That's right, twelve different publications. And it was in science fiction that Ni Kuang arguably left us with his most memorable works. Starting in 1963, with Jin Yong's encouragement, Ni Kuang began writing a series of first-person narratives under the name, and therefore featuring a protagonist named Wei Sili, who has since become iconic. And is probably Ni Kuang's greatest creation. That name sounds suspiciously like a transliteration of the English name Wesley, but Ni Kuang said he got it from a village by that name located in the Wan Chai area of Hong Kong. As is the case with many fiction writers, Ni Kuang's Wei Sili is to some extent. An idealized version of the author himself, or a superhuman version of him that he wished he could be in real life, like Professor Robert Langdon is to Dan Brown, like Sherlock Holmes was to Arthur Conan Doyle. Wei Sili was born around the same time as Ni Kuang, and came from the same area in China before moving to Hong Kong. Besides being well trained in kung fu, Wei Sili is independently wealthy and spends his time on incredible adventures instead of boring office work. He is remarkably intelligent and capable, kind of like a Chinese James Bond. Speaking of James Bond, one of the books tells us that he was at one point a British spy. But emphasis on the word Chinese. Many of Wei Sili's abilities and adventures come from his deep knowledge of obscure aspects of Chinese traditions and folklore, and he often expresses fairly Chinese nationalistic sentiments. But he is also very international, reflecting the author's Hong Kong milieu. He speaks, who knows how many languages, and travels all over the world. He's a master of disguises, like Sherlock Holmes or Simon Templar, aka the Saint. And ultimately, Wesley's adventures often involve aliens and clones, cutting-edge technology, as well as ancient black magic. And Ni Kuang went on to write 145 Wei Sili novels and novellas. That's right, 145. And he wasn't done. At one point, Ni Kuang created another character, a friend of Wei Sili named Doctor Yuan Zhenxia. Then. He decided to write a series of novels centered on this guy. He wrote thirty-two of them. 
Besides these and other novels, Ni Kuang was also a screenwriter for the Hong Kong film industry, penning over 400 screenplays, including Bruce Lee's 1972 classic *Fist of Fury*, aka *The Chinese Connection*. Though he stopped writing after publishing his last novel in 2005, Ni Kuang surely wrote faster and more than just about any other human being. To paraphrase Le Manuel Miranda's musical *Hamilton*, the man wrote like he was running out of time. In his own estimation, Ni Kuang set down more Chinese characters on paper. Than any other human being since the beginning of time, and for his prodigious efforts, Ni Kuang became a very wealthy man, and he came to be ranked among the four gentlemen of great talent of Hong Kong, a quartet that also included his friend Jing Yong. In recent years, three out of four. Of the gentlemen of great talent, have passed away one by one, and Hong Kong itself seems to have passed into a new era. And the old Hong Kong, the Hong Kong that created and nurtured these men, seems to be no more. In Ni Kuang's case, he died on July third of this year. 2022, of skin cancer, thus ended a remarkable life. If it wasn't quite as remarkable, quite as full of drama as the life that he imagined for his hero Wei Sili, at least it was plenty remarkable for a real-world, flesh-and-blood human being. Ni Kuang converted to Christianity on Easter in 1986 at a church in Taipei, but apparently he remained convinced that actually God was just an alien being. That was, in fact, the theme of one of his novels, one that I happened to have read. Well, if he was right about that. And if Christ and God really do call Christians up to heaven after they die, then heaven must surely be an alien realm somewhere in space, or in another dimension. Maybe, just maybe, that's where Ni Kuang is now. This has been MODG. Thank you very much for listening.